From atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, West. you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans, Sam Bushman, Kurt Crosby, live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast for February the 3rd in the year of our Lord, 2020. Hour 2 at 2. The goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Kirk Cousins with me, Dr. Scott Bradley. His goal to preserve the nation, his collegiate series, book, and video series, and all together is all about that. FreedomsRisingSun.com for his website and more. Dr. Bradley, welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Thank you very much on this uh, wintry morning. I don't know what everybody across the nation's getting, but I think in our neck of the woods, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Yes, it is, but don't worry, buddy. Groundhog came out yesterday, February the 2nd, and said an early spring is coming, buddy. Well, whatever. We'll take, um, you know, he takes what comes. <laughs> yes, we do, and we need the water, so I'm grateful for it. It's a uh, <clears throat> take a day off school day, too, for everybody, so that's kind of interesting. Oh, is it really? They've closed the public education and indoctrination center. Yeah, see, that's a blessing. I love it whenever they do that. I just wish well, they do that every oh, day. There's, that's, uh, that's outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say, Kurt? You want to chime in on that one? I know we've got to give Kurt a chance to chime in on this one. Well, I couldn't enjoy a day better than that. I mean, you know, when you can have family time. You know, and have those children actually with the parents and, you know, basically, I guess you could say, uh, institute homeschooling for a day. I mean, good stuff, you know. I hear you that. Know, we uh, we homeschooled our children, of course, but um, on these snowy days that everyone was kind of, uh, you know, uh, cabin bound, if you will, we had a tradition of, of reading uh, books out loud. I read books. I can't tell you how many books I read out loud to my kids. And and honestly, I think it was it was really not only bonding time, but I think it actually helps the synapses in the brain work instead of having to be entertained by the electronic devices that we have in our lives. And, and honestly, I think it was some of the favorite times of our family gathering around and and reading on, on these inclement weather days. And, and, of course, we read a lot, too. Sometimes when we floated rivers, I would, when the kids got old enough to run the raft, I would kick back and read to them while they, they paddled. And, and, of course, they thought I was a kind of a galley dr- slave driver, but, but they always wanted me to read something. You know, I'm, yeah, and did they ever say, Dad, can I read? <laughs> <laughs> no, really, every, everybody kind of, they, they got into the um, kind of the spirit of everything, and, I think they found, you know, their imaginations peaked and everything. And you know, if we were if we were taking a little draft trip down a river, I'd read them some Louis L'Amour or something like that, something appropriate for the the venue, you know, if you will. And and uh, so they they really had a lot of fun. yeah, a little different time and space. Last night they had what Drudge Report is calling the A Star Star Time Show instead of half time. It's that Scott. You know, I. I, I guess it's probably not a surprise to you, gentlemen, that I didn't have any interest or participation in whatever went on yesterday in that. Um, uh, yeah, neither did I. All I did was find out who won at the end. That way I could well, talk you know, intelligent I, on your radio. I, I found out. Uh, I heard the announcement on the radio this morning, and I I guess I have trouble remembering who it was. I mean, I 
uh, there was that much apathy involved, and uh, you know, it's it's like uh, I don't know and I don't care, you know, on the apathy side. But you know, I mean, really, it's it's a big deal for a lot of people, and and uh, more power to them. But but really, I I spent uh, it's not a it's just a fact. I I was with my family last night and enjoyed them thoroughly and found uh, our time together to be very valuable to me. So anyway, amen to that. All right, little quick personal note. I mentioned this last hour, and I'm going to mention it again. Uh, I've been quite sick lately. I have ended up with Bell's palsy, and if you don't know much about it, uh, it causes damage or damage is caused to the cranial 7 nerve, uh, and what that means is one side of your face gets kind of paralyzed, and <clears throat> it's temporary, and it can last from three to six to nine months. Sometimes there's complications out of that, and it gets worse, but in 80-plus percent of the cases, people get well, and it's fine. It's affected me quite <clears throat> a lot. Um, it's got a lot of symptoms, and, you know, it's a very unique disease in that when people have it... <clears throat> Every symptom isn't the same. Some people's face droops a lot more than others, and it's hard to talk. And so far, I don't sound too bad, I hope, on the radio. But I, uh, I've i got a lot more of the pain, a lot more of the taste buds and nose problem and eye problem. My mouth isn't affected as bad as others, although now I have a, a crooked smile. So, you know, I'm fulfilling the villain pretty good now. Uh, but other than that, I'm going to stay on the radio. I'm not going to let this beat me. Unless it gets a lot worse, I have no choice but to, to stop if, I, if I'm if i hard to understand and stuff like that. But I believe I do fairly well. I just uh, have certain letters and things that don't come out as clean as they normally do. I've always taken a lot of pride in diction and being able to speak quite well and, you know, apply phonetics and deliver well. And But now it's not quite as good. But I believe the sacred cause of liberty uh, is more important than them all, if you will. And I believe I have a calling to promote God, family, and country, and that is what I'm going to do as long as I'm able. Scott? Well, you know, Sam, um, I, I, I think it's good that you probably let the people know that if you start slurring your words, it's not because of anything but this this uh, malady that you're suffering under. But but I would say that, you know, kind of taking off of what a, a talking head on the mainstream media says, you know, uh, that you can uh, kind of whoop these things with half your tongue tied behind your back. So, uh, Amen to that, sir. If your tongue doesn't quite work as eloquently and, and uh, you know, clearly, well, I still think the message of God is, is worth repeating. So, yeah, I just think that. maybe uh, those people that think I'm a Trump supporter beat me up because I was wearing a Make America Great Again hat, and so I just sound like I got a fat lip, that's all. <laughs> Okay. All right. Anything to add to this, Kurt, before we talk about the news of the day? Ooh, I can't think of anything else to uh, say about that, right. Sam, except uh, I would say this, that uh, Sam will give you a good example, ladies and gentlemen, of what you ought to do, um, you know, when faced with difficulty or uh, challenges. Um, hey, move forward and do the best you can. Um, you know, if you got a flat tire, Fix the tire, move move ahead, uh, you know, and that's what Sam's showing us how to do. Yeah, we got to be creative. we got to work hard. we got to do our best. The sacred cause of liberty, I feel like uh, the Almighty has called me to it. And uh, there might be a whole lot better spokesman than me, but I'm going to just do the best I can with what I've got, and that's just how it's going to be. All right, Dems, that's the Democrats, unveil. 2020 campaign message now. They've already lost the impeachment battle. There's going to be an acquittal here in a couple of days, and so that kind of went south or sideways for those folks. But the new campaign message is this. <laughs> Trump not acquitted. 
You cannot have an acquittal if you don't have a fair trial. World Net Daily with this piece. Uh, and so now what they're going to say is it was a legitimate presidency in the first place. The election was kind of the election that should have never been. It was by fraud, by hook and crook. And, and now the acquittal, uh, same story. So not a legitimate election for the Donald and not a legitimate acquittal uh, either without a fair trial there, Scott. That's what they're going to do coming into the November uh, gymnastics for the election, sir. Well, you know, there's all sorts of contortions they'll go to, and, and I'm absolutely positive that uh, every single spin they can put on it to, to foster their perception of anybody's perception of the, of the agenda they want will be used. But it's interesting to me that they say no fair trial, no acquittal. It's interesting to me that if you apply that same process, uh, I think it was Schumer that said it. I'm not sure. I I, I think I heard him as the one. But at any rate, uh, the thing about the due process, the fair trial, if you will, the fair information gathering that went on in the House, uh, did you catch the note of sarcasm? I mean, every Absolutely. single one of the— uh, and, that, and by the way, that's what the Republicans and the senators are saying now is you had your chance for your witnesses. We tried to ask for more witnesses to be called. You rejected it, and now you want us to call the witnesses you wouldn't call? So well, it's obvious think- what's happening here, right? All the Republican proposed witnesses were denied in in the House, and and so the, the due process portion, where did it really start? I mean, you know, there was they, so in the House there was if if in fact the rules apply that if they had no witnesses in the Senate there was no trial and therefore no acquittal. Well, how about if you had uh, no due process in the House, so there was no impeachment? I mean, it's it's just a, a bizarre twist of events that uh, absolutely this is not going to go away. There's going to be a drumbeat on this thing. The American people will be able to uh, uh, vote in 2020 in November. There will be a definitive statement of the you know what the electorate wants. But but it is astounding to me that that. It just never, never goes away. I mean, it's always there, and it's always a new little um, spin on it. But, but it's always the same end desired result. So, well, and the reality I, is, I it's, it's never taking responsibility either. Uh, in other words, it, 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 in America, as grown-ups, at some point, the self-reliant people that we ought to be, um, Scott, there would be a responsibility here. Instead of just saying, we're not going to call the witnesses because we're so partisan we can't see straight, and then later we're going to blame you for not calling the witnesses that we didn't call, there would be a responsibility that would say, listen, the nation's ran off the rails. I'm going to do what I can to restore the republic and the traditions of the founding fathers. Okay, but there's no talk of that. The Dems kick off Iowa caucus today as a mid-worry of beating Donald Trump. And so that's an interesting twist, too. They're kicking it off now, and it's really a race to the socialism bottom. It, it truly is, and, and a couple of two or three other things. I mean, you know, this uh, this idea of not being willing to take responsibility for your own actions. Hillary Clinton still suffers from the ma- that malady. It's it's epidemic in the in well all over the nation, not just in the Dems. But honestly, I think they were worried about Bernie in, in their uh, caucuses too. So anyway, it sounds like we got to take. We're going to talk here. about it a little bit more. Sam Curtin, the good doctor, with us, Doctor Scott Bradley. FreedomsRisingSun.com on your radio.
As the United States boldly stepped forward in the glorious light provided by its new constitution in 1787, the nations of the earth were in awe of the newfound strength and hope of this free land. Today, the nation stands at a crossroads. A divergence from the original intent put forth in the United States Constitution has brought grave threats to our beloved nation. A miracle is needed if the United States is to survive. That miracle is again the pure application of the United States Constitution. I'm Scott Bradley. In my To Preserve the Nation book and lecture series, I bring forth truths that will help raise up a new generation of statesmen like those noble Americans who founded this land. Vigorous application of these principles will invigorate and restore the nation, and we may become again the freest, most prosperous, most respected, and happiest nation on earth. Visit topreservethenation.com to begin that restoration. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way. But actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. All right, Dr. Scott Bradley, freedomsrisingsun.com. Kirk Cosby, Sam Bushman on your radio. So we're talking about personal responsibility, and I find this a little bit interesting. The Des Moines Register and others usually put out a poll, a final poll, right before the uh, caucuses, uh, Dr. Scott. And um, I guess they felt like their results were messed with. They didn't quite get things documented the way they wanted to, and they felt like the results weren't accurate, so they pulled the poll. So Des Moines Register spikes poll. Well, all these Democrats are now mad because they were hoping it was going to manipulate the results in their favor. Is that election fraud? But anyway, um, so no personal responsibility. They're like, oh, man, you didn't put out the poll that might manipulate things in my favor. And I'm kind of mad going into this caucus for Iowa. Uh, very interesting when it comes to personal responsibility, Scott. Well, you know, I've got a saying that some people think sounds kind of fatalistic, and I don't believe it is. I think it's a, str- a true observation. It is what it is. And uh, you've got to let the results become what they end up being and stop this idea that somebody's going to manipulate or contrive or sometimes uh, twist or spin or whatever and, and let the chips fall and let's go ahead with what they've got. And I, I find it very interesting that there, there's a quite a number of people that believe that, that for example, the, the trial, uh, the, the impeachment trial, if you will, uh, was a ploy to keep some presidential candidates, the Democrat side, out of the, uh, the uh, campaign trail because the quote-unquote mainstream Democrats uh, were concerned that some of the uh, socialist perspectives were going to actually deep six the entire party and so it's interesting how there's always a manipulation there's always a contriving there's always a 
of pulling on strings, and we talk about people pulling levers of the government on their own behalf in order to to bring the power of government into their uh, you know favor. And I just find it amazing. Uh, the Constitution is what it is. It says what it says. There's nothing more, nothing less. And and it gives the uh, grants, delegates, whatever you want to say, the national government certain authority and power, and none else. And everybody just needs to say, okay, let's leave it where it is. It is what it is. We can't just pull and, and make anything we want out of anything else. And this this poll manipulation thing or the manipulating of who's on the campaign trail because they're sitting in the Senate listening to uh, drivel or whatever, everybody just seems like they're push, push, push on trying to manipulate rather than let things stand and fall based upon the facts, you know? It's just bizarre. Imagine the facts, Kurt. Imagine thinking about wanting the facts. You gotta have a doctor in the house to focus on that, don't you, Kurt? Yeah, just imagine. Um, you know, the issue is honesty, Sam. Huh? Wow, good point. Uh, anyway, I find that also interesting. Um, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think that uh, we've seen the candidate slate of who's going to be there? Is uh, Bloomberg going to rush to the front of the line? Is John Kerry? who believes that you just can't have Bernie running everything off the rails? Is he going to jump into the race? Is um, Joe Biden saying, I sure wish Michelle Obama would be my running mate? And you know, Do you think we're going to see a massive shakeup here, Scott? I have been saying for quite some time now, and again, I, you know, you say, okay, where's your crystal ball? You know what? I'm not saying that I have any insightful anything. I just I look at what's happening and I try and connect the dots as best I can, and, and uh, I say what I say, and, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a uh, prophecy, but I've been saying for some time now, quite some time, that I would not be shocked at all if there were some kind of uh, um, brokered convention at the Democratic uh, side. I, I think that the quote-unquote, and I put quotes around it because I'm not sure where the mainstream Democrats are. The people that are the silent majority, if you will, in the Democrat Party, uh, I do believe that there's a great deal of consternation about the leftward push, if you will, the socialist, the communist even, push of the party. Uh, they really have got to the point where they, uh, the blue-collar worker, if you will, that oftentimes has been considered a traditional Democrat Party member, is is just got their head spinning with this thing. There's a grave amount of concern that, that they really could. Well, if you remember, look back in the 1850s, the Whig Party became irrelevant, and it was replaced by the Republican Party. And and uh, a couple of two or three elections later, they they won the presidency. I I think a lot of people in the Democrat Party are, are concerned that the party will become irrelevant if some of these lefties. Uh, gain preeminence uh, because they're the only thing on the menu right now. And so, yes, I would not be shocked at all. And by the way, Bloomberg, I mean, are you telling me that you don't think he's as left? I think he's as far left as any of them. Oh, uh, I, I, and, I think he's as he, far left as any of them from a factual or a position point of view, but I think he's pitched himself a whole lot more centrist like Hillary has. Not. Hillary's as, I know he's not. He's not. Hillary's For as radical, though, as the rest of them. She pitches herself a lot more common sense, too. They know what to say and not to say a little better than the Ocasio-Cortez and the Bernie Sanders crowd, though. Uh, but they do have a lot of the same 
ilk. In other words, their views are very, very similar. They just have a little bit better ability to position themselves uh, by not saying. In other words, it's what's not said, uh, but it's what's advocated that where you see the point you're making, Scott. Well, see, that's the thing. Uh, back uh, it was in my undergraduate work, I did. Um, I focused on political science. Big surprise, right? Anyway, uh, one of the courses I took was the language of politics, and we studied in detail how to say a lot without saying anything. I mean, like Obama's change you can believe in. Well, his change and my change are a whole bunch different. But if I was stupid enough to think, well, yeah, I want change. I, I've got an idea for change. You know, and you vote for him. Okay, I didn't, by the way, in case there's any uh, any misconceptions. But at any rate, so you're right. There are those that that have uh, the ability to use the language of politics more effectively. But it still is blather. It's still nothing of anything we want, and their core values are similar to all of the lefties that are out there. Uh, you know, you hear the story about John Kerry, whether it'll be in or not. He's all in for Joe Biden right now. And and, and you hear the ideas of, of Bloomberg, and you say, holy cow, this guy would would absolutely eviscerate the Bill of Rights. But but then you get the, on the you know, oh, we're going to draft Hillary. Well, Hillary's way past her prime, and she wouldn't stand up to the scrutiny, and she still hasn't taken the blame for everything she fouled up last time. And she'd just be another loser on the thing. But you look at them, maybe bring in Michelle Obama. I mean, she... People say, well, she's, yeah, she's mainstream. No, she's not. She's farther left than, than uh, Barack was or India's, I mean, I believe. And then you look at maybe Oprah. I don't know. I mean. Hey, what if, what if Bloomberg and um, our favorite senator from Utah, Mr. Mitt Romney, what if Mitt Romney switched to be a Democrat senator? And what if they busted out on a ticket? Well, you know, it's interesting. Bloomberg and Romney aren't that far apart. No, they're not far apart at all, and it's really interesting that, you know, Mr. Romney, in spite of seeking to be known as a conservative, he was the governor of Massachusetts. You're never the governor of Massachusetts in this day and age as a conservative. He was the godfather of marriage, of uh, same-sex marriage in the United States. He's the one by uh, executive order, first one in the nation. He was also the godfather of Obamacare, really. He's the godfather father of Obamacare. I mean, he established it. They kept it on lack support until Obamacare got uh, passed in the nation. He was for the TARP bailouts. He's against the Second Amendment by pass. And, and until recent years, in fact, during his campaign against Teddy Kennedy back in the 90s, he was very vocal about the fact he was uh, pro-choice, pro-abortion, if you will, uh, in 1970, three years before Roe v. Wade. I mean, and, and you say, okay, so uh, how far apart are they? But but see, the, the problem— By the way, they both act like they're—well, um, Romney acts like he's for your right to keep and bear arms. He's a member of the NRA, supposedly. The NRA has endorsed him in the past. But he basically believes this um, guns of lethality need to be removed from the American people's hands, and we need to have all kinds of regulations on gun control. And he believes a lot like Bloomberg. He's just a little smarter in how he talks about it. Uh, but he does believe the same— things, Scott? Well, he believes that, that gun laws protect us. And uh, well, the historical record will show that any country that has taken draconian measures to remove the guns from the hands of the citizenry has ended up in, in basically genocide. And I mean, and, and it's like, oh, that never happened in America. But you know what? I, I didn't ever think that abject communists would get 
the main stage, you know, there. If you look at a three-ring circuit, that's more than the main stage, I guess. The three-ring circus that we got going right now with the Democrats in their caucuses and in their campaigns and everything like that, they're in the center ring. It's just bizarre to me where we have fallen off the rails as a country, and and I, I, I there's a lot of reasons for it, but one of it is that the um, indoctrination centers we call public education have been fostering this for so long, and, and Jefferson's statement to the effect that the next generation of leaders is the ones that are educated today, and that's what we've done. Yeah, and that's why Bernie Sanders is doing so well at Brigham Young University and doing so well in Utah, because they've been indoctrinated into socialism, the younger generation, for so long they can't see straight. But I'm right. telling you, just imagine, just imagine what would happen in the political arena if Mitt Romney became a Democratic senator and him and Bloomberg teamed up, huh? Now, there's some people who'd be bought into that. Pursuing liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. The Senate impeachment trial of President Trump wrapping up this week. Today will bring closing arguments. And then on Wednesday, the Senate's expected to vote to acquit the president of both articles of impeachment. A key Republican senator explaining why he didn't vote to hear from more witnesses in the trial. Republican Lamar Alexander of Tennessee says, If you have eight witnesses who say someone left the scene of an accident, why do you need nine? He was speaking on NBC's Meet the Press. Disney World is, as is tradition, about to welcome the Super Bowl MVP Patrick Mahomes. The Kansas City QB led the Chiefs to a 31-20 win over the 49ers last night in Super Bowl 54 in Miami. Mahomes will join the traditional parade down Main Street in the Magic Kingdom near Orlando today. This is USA Radio News. Hello, this is Wayne Allen Root, relentless conservative warrior, middle-class warrior, and always Trump warrior. I have a message for my fellow patriots across America. President Trump is making America great again. He's the only president in my lifetime who is keeping his promises, and his biggest promise is to build that wall. President Trump can only do it with our help. If Congress won't fund Trump's wall, we will. President Trump is one man against the world, and what globalists and socialists around the world want is clear, open borders. It's time to take a stand. We either build the wall, or it's the end of the greatest nation of world history ever blessed by God. That's why I founded the Root for the Wall PAC. 63 million Trump voters together will raise the money President Trump needs for the wall. Anyone who donates $100 or more will get a beautiful commemorative wall brick. Display it proudly. Call 844-ROOT-WALL. That's toll free. 844-ROOT-WALL. Or go to rootwall.com. We will build this wall together. Call 844-ROOT-WALL or go to rootwall.com. Root for the Wall PAC. Pay for it. Responsible for the content of this message. Not authorized by any candidate or candidates committee. Rootwall.com. Democrats in Iowa will be casting the very first votes of the 2020 presidential race tonight, as voters across that state will gather in caucuses, making their picks for the Democratic presidential nominee. Current polls show Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden are still the front runners. Pete Buttigieg and Elizabeth Warren are also top candidates. A win or a top three appearance would give candidates a boost as the nominating season rolls on to the New Hampshire primary a week from Tuesday tomorrow. 
One of those front runners expressing confidence this morning. Joe Biden says while rivals like Bernie Sanders may have an advantage with younger voters, Biden says he has something more important. But I think I'm the only one that has broad support with brown, black, young, old women, men, working class folks. I, I, so I don't I, I don't buy into that. Biden was speaking on this morning's edition of NBC's Today Show. And this is USA Radio News. Promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. While everybody talks about the Super Bowl and, um, you know, the uh, Iowa caucuses and what might happen in the elections and everything of non-consequence, in my opinion, uh, things of serious consequence are being flat out ignored. USMCA passage is one of them, Kurt. Well, and one of the things I found most interesting on the uh, behind-the-scenes stories about this whole USMCA thing is apparently the House uh, added a bunch of uh, info to it or pages or, I don't know, Yeah, 600 pages from what I've been told. That weren't in the agreed-upon deal, and yet uh, apparently the president signed it. I'm thinking... Uh, he ought to be uh, ticked off about that, uh, but that's uh, you know I I haven't seen much uh, about that. Have you, Scott? You want to a- add to this? The Democrats not even getting any of the benefit of the sellout, even though they manipulated it. And I don't understand how this happens, but to me, it's fraudulent to add uh, a bunch of pages and then Donald to sign something. Di- it's just very strange uh, how we manipulate bills as they go through. Uh, but now you got the USMCA summer saying it's better than NAFTA. I flat out disagree. Well, I've spoken often in regards to my concerns about the USMCA, and my concerns have only been heightened by the things that the Dems did. Um, I'm concerned that uh, it wasn't just done behind closed doors. I think uh, Donald Trump is is a let's get this deal done kind of guy, and I think that he said, hey, whatever it takes, let's do it. Let's do it. And I think that that's kind of where it came. I I think he signed knowing full well what they'd done to it, the labor things, the the, uh, sexual orientation things, the climate things that they added and enhanced in it. There was already bad stuff in it. But um, I think that uh, he's more interested very often in closing a deal than he is doing the right thing. And, and th- so this is a grave concern to me, and I, it's going to come back and bite us. And, and it really is. I mean, even according to the, the CFR, the Council on Foreign Relations people, they're saying basically it's NAFTA plus 15 or 20 percent. So the the bad deal that uh, that uh, Mr. Trump has been touting as NAFTA has just been enhanced, put on steroids by fifteen or twenty percent, and uh, he just you know rolled this thing right through on on my website, Freedom's Rising Sun. I, I have a little segment that's got a, hundreds, six, seven, eight hundred. I don't know how many videos in it, and I've got a number of videos I did uh, during our Q and A sessions. Uh, about the USMCA, uh, I guess I don't know how to say more emphatically how bad this is for the United States. I mean, the Brits have kind of come to their senses, and they've been trying for a few years to extract themselves from the European Union, 
And here we are in America. We, we could learn something from what history and example has done. Well, they've experienced over in, in England and, well, all of Europe that's part of the European Union, and the loss of sovereignty and everything, and the, the onerous burdens of international, uh, uh, supranational organizations and so on. And, and they're trying to get out. We're trying to find our way into this. I mean, we are absolute fools for doing this, and, and I just am appalled. And the president has been complicit in this thing. I mean, from the day he announced it, I think he was in the Rose Garden when he did, with all the globalists standing behind him that wrote the Trans-Pacific Partnership that he said was a bad deal, and just basically integrated that stuff into the USMCA. By the way, for those that may not be following this, this isn't the Marine Corps. It's the United States-Mexico-Canada Agreement, which is, has replaced NAFTA, which is NAFTA on steroids, and which has all the Trans-Pacific Partnership stuff that's bad in it. And it, uh, the Council on Foreign Relations uh, people that are looking for a global government and have been since their inception after World War One are saying, we hope this can become a template for future agreements. And what it really does is it marches us dangerously close to the NAU, North American Union, as well. It's not quite there, but it's significantly closer than they ever were before without calling it such, Scott. Indeed it is, and what's interesting is Ted Cruz's wife was one of the chief spokesmen of this merger of our North American Union. I mean, it's kind of like, holy cow. I mean, it, you know, you say you can't tell the players without a program, you know, that way they hawk their programs as you walk into a ball game. Well, all the players are so a jumble on this thing, and everybody's, you know, they spin it the way they want for their own constituency, but the fact of the matter is, Without any doubt, we are continuing along a path that will ultimately and finally destroy the sovereignty of this nation, and the ultimate destruction will will result in our loss of our constitution. Let me quickly find something now that we're talking about this. While he's doing, while he's locating that, uh, Kurt. Uh, other than that, it's not so bad, huh? Yeah. Great point, Sam. <laughs> yeah, you you got it right on. All right, here's. Go ahead, sir. Well, here's something, and, and we just need to recognize it. Thomas Jefferson said this. I mean, we're talking 240 years ago. Single acts of tyranny may be ascribed to the accidental opinion of a day, but a series of oppressions began at a distinguished period and pursued unalterably through every change of ministers to plainly prove a deliberate, systematical plan of reducing us to slavery. And, and it, it's to me, it's appalling where we think, oh, we got to get rid of the bombs, put some more bombs in. They change the bombs out regularly. But the, the plan, the program, the direction, the flow never changes. Yeah, and, I thought Donald was going to get us out of a lot of wars when he got on the campaign trail, but now I, I don't see it at all. Hasn't happened yet, and in fact, we've got an expansion of things there, and actually may end up in World War III because of foolish approaches to things that are not well-conceived and don't follow the constitutional process. Amen to that. All that's going on. Ted Cruz has decided to follow Sam Bushman and Kirk Cosby and become a broadcaster, Kurt? Well, yeah, he's got what they call a um, podcast, and he basically has been doing this. Uh, I guess they say he led the defense of President Trump during the impeachment trial by launching a viral podcast. Uh, he did uh, that with a guy named... Um, 
Michael Knowles. They launched this podcast. They call it Verdict with Ted Cruz, which is recorded at the end of the impeachment trial every day. I assume that means it goes away when impeachment goes away. But, you know, that's pretty much the story here, I'd say. Yeah, unless impeachment never goes away, all they got to do is craft a couple of more articles, fire them over the Senate, and play games again, which they're fixing to do or they're talking about possibly doing, Scott. You know, like I say, every time they try and weave a web, it seems like they find that, you know, it's a nothing burger to coin the, not really coining the term, but using the term that was used previously, you've probably heard what, what has been discussed about, well, every, everything they've brought there may be substantive things to bring, but they seem to pick the wrong subject every time. Well, the and substantive somehow. things to bring right now, in my opinion, are to really investigate Joe and Hunter Biden. They're flat-out criminals. And Joe has bragged about it. The evidence is there. We don't even need to call witnesses. Well, there's no question about that. But, but you know, the, the I think the guy's name was Schweitzer. I, I can't remember his first name. Maybe it's Paul. He put out a book here recently about some of the... Uh, corruption that's in some of the candidates background and holy cow it's a it's it's very well documented and if somebody wanted to dig a little bit maybe they could come up with enough to even bring a, um, a charge against a, a person or two you know yes but i see i don't see it i don't see them pursuing that in fact by not calling witnesses in the impeachment i think it really is going to end up giving a pass to joe biden uh, and Hunter Biden, they're going to simply let that that go to the swamp will protect itself. Now you got that goofball senator from Kentucky. What's his name? It's not Rand Paul. It's the other. What's his name? Mitch McConnell. That guy's babbling that he's going to get to the bottom of it and call witnesses and really get serious. But I don't really see it. Do you, Kurt? Well, I'll be surprised if it does happen. Uh, Mitch McConnell, or as uh, Rush Limbaugh calls him, the turtle, uh, would be, um, well, anyway, uh, he's not what I'd call a real man of action. You know, I mean, he's kind of the opposite of Scott Bradley, if you ask me. Yeah, and whatever he says he's going to do, you can count on it only happening if it furthers the cause of socialism and tyranny and destruction of all that we hold dear. That's kind of what I'm seeing as the result. But anyway, I find it interesting. Ted Cruz is doing a podcast. Um, does that mean the day of the podcast has arrived, Kurt? Well, you said it has a long time ago, and you were right then, uh, Sam. And I think, uh, you know, more and more folks are recognizing that. I heard uh, Rush Limbaugh comment about it. He said, man, everybody's getting a podcast, you know, and the bottom line yeah, they is are. it just gives, gives more and more uh, competition and uh, good. more and more, uh, you know, sources for people to learn from. The trick, as always, you've got to know where to go but i got a thought for ted cruz why do your own podcast why produce your own podcast why not go on the several hundred podcasts and broadcasts that already exist today you get a whole lot more coverage and have a whole lot less work you might get a hard question or two though ted can you handle it by the way there's a whacked out montana legislative person we'll tell you about him in seconds i think his name is rodney And uh, I want to get Scott's take on this one. A very, very scary reality. 
So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Talk Right, the conservative app offered by TalkStream Live that caters exclusively to the conservative talk radio community. Here you'll see only talk shows and podcasts from the conservative right. All the big broadcast names and online digital shows in one place. Talk Right makes it easy to find all your favorite conservative talkers with all the upscale features you come to expect from TalkStream Live. Keep up with the fast-paced political world. Download Talk Right today from Google Play or the App Store. Do we reflect about our future and where we as a culture are moving? Do we keep our trust in our jobs, homes, money, life necessities, investments, stock markets? Do we believe that our 401ks or other retirements will always be there and that the current economic order will recover? Is the economy going to recover and life return to normal? It ain't going to happen by a friend of Medjugorje. Whether you are poor, middle class, or rich, it ain't going to happen. A book of astounding revelations about the present economic order and where we are heading. It ain't going to happen by a friend of Medjugorje. To order, visit medj.com, spelled M-E-J.com, or call Caritas in the U.S., 205-672-2000, politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. All right, Scott, I want to pick your brain on this. I don't want to take too long on it because we've got a, a bunch of stories to cover, and we've only got one segment to do it. So we've got to be kind of rapid in our coverage of this, but I don't want to leave this story. Uh, this is a Montana state representative. His name is Rodney Garcia. And he says the U.S. Constitution calls for people who identify as socialist to be jailed or shot. And there's a big to do about it. Everybody's going ballistic. All the uh, you know Republican Party and everybody else is going, oh, no, and disavowing his statements. And they're saying, man, we've got to focus on the elections. We can't focus on this Rodney guy. But he's saying, hey, man, if you're a socialist, a declared out socialist, the Constitution calls for you to be jailed or shot. Do you want to respond to this as a constitutional scholar, sir? It's interesting to me that uh, every political movement has those that are on the outside fringe. Uh, I I prefer to think that what we try to do is stand with the founding principles, and and the Constitution absolutely does not make that kind of call. It it requires that— By the way, not even close. It calls for due process, first of all. Well, the due process— you know, people can believe whatever they darn well please, but whatever their whatever their belief system, the United States Constitution only allows a constitutional republic, which is based upon the the limits and bounds of a constitution. That constitution sets those limits and bounds, and and therefore anybody. I mean, I don't care if it's a Bernie or a, a 
or Warren or whoever else, or Biden or an Obama, anybody that that uh, is saying they're going to implement a different program is violating the oath of office that's required for everybody that goes into office. And, and you know, like I say, everybody, they can have their own whacked out ideas, but that does not mean that they could possibly find place in our government constitutionally. And, and our ignorance as a people is such that we think that whatever the quote-unquote voice of the people is, is is where we've got to go. No, that does, you never elect a monarch. You never elect a tyrant. You, never, you can't. I mean, if you did elect them, they still would be bound by the constitutional limits. You know, nobody can come in and say the Second Amendment doesn't apply anymore. Nobody can come in and say we don't have, well, Lincoln and some of those others have done some of these things where habeas corpus goes away and ex post facto laws. And by the way, they're wrong for doing it. Let's be clear. They're absolutely wrong. And and uh, there was no justification for any of the things that happened. But the fact of the matter is that, that the people are so ignorant of the fact that there are limits and bounds that it's like, oh, well, I guess their philosophies are going to prevail now until we have another election. That's a complete falsehood. Those that take office, take an oath, uphold the plain English words that have meaning, and those meanings can be known, that are stated in the United States Constitution. And just getting back to this guy in Montana, Montana politics are an enigma to me. I mean, they're so all over the chart, I can't even hardly believe it. But And I say this on the radio in Montana when I'm on the radio up there, but the fact of the matter is, uh, this guy saying it does not make it so. And just like Obama saying that, you know, Obamacare is constitutional or or uh, confiscating guns is constitutional. Not, it doesn't, just somebody saying it does not make it so. And uh, and so I, I would say, people, you need to understand that what the foundation says. You, want, you need to go back to those baseline principles. We need to start being wise in who we put in office so that there's there's not this kind of drivel being fed to us constantly. But but the guy's flat up off the rails with his statement, and and uh, I mean it's it, it's like summary execution is not found in the Constitution. It's just not, and and this guy's promoting the idea that it is. All right, there you have it, uh, and I think that's critical. I don't think the Constitution calls for anything like that. I think it calls for due process, and I think most importantly, those who swear an oath uh, have an obligation to carry forth a constitutional uh, republic. Uh, based on uh, the supreme law of our land. And anything different, uh, in my opinion, is an assault. We ought to not try people for their thoughts or their beliefs or their conscience or their opinions. But if they do violate the law, we should have swift due process and we should create accountability. And in my opinion, that's what is lacking uh, to a great degree in our society today. All right, let's move quickly away from this Rodney guy. I just wanted to dispel that fiction that this guy's putting out. It's, it's psychotic. It's crazy. Um, and I wanted to hold the constitutional reality up for folks to see the truth. Um, three stories all about the Middle East. Kurt's got them all. Kurt? Well, I thought uh, with the doctor in the house, it'd be interesting just to, you know, Amen. understand this. Uh, there's, they're basically, uh, here's the headlines, uh, um, Trump 
colon, uh, time for Muslim world to fix mistake of 1948 by recognizing Israel. Netanyahu, uh, Trump, and I will make history. Uh, Donald Trump announces new dawn Middle East peace deal uh, with Bibi Netanyahu. Can you make sense out of this for us, sir? You know, it's interesting to me that uh, the spin has been on uh, this Middle Eastern thing and it has been a contrived, controlled, and absolutely directed agenda on the thing. In fact, just oddly enough, I've got in my hand right this second, when this came up, uh, I, I, I like to buy old books. And I bought an old book last week that was published in 1939, and it had an old newspaper clipping in it about uh, calm reigns in holy city after terror that came out of 1939. And it's interesting, the spin, even back then, where um, the idea that the indigenous people (laughs) of Palestine were going to be pushed aside, and, and they were the bad guys for resisting it and everything else like that, this goes back, I mean, you can go back to the 12th chapter of Genesis, the 21st chapter of Genesis. I mean, it starts way back there, but the fact of the matter is, for 800 years, the people uh, in Palestine have, have been um, basically the Palestinians. The Jews were a minority there, and it happened because of, uh, well, first of all, oh man, we don't even have time to fully discuss this, but the fact of the matter is, in 1915... The Arabs were promised an Arab state, if you will, in order to get them to rebel against the Ottoman Empire. They were going to basically get anything south of Turkey across the Arabian Peninsula. But there was a couple other things going behind the scenes. There was an effort by the French, Russians, and the the, uh, British to divide up into countries. Uh, In 1917, they decided to do that. 1917, they also came up with the Balfour Decree, which basically said they were going to establish a Jewish homeland, if you will. But ever since then, there has been a push to completely, uh, I, I hate to say annihilate, but in many ways that's what's been happening. And this latest thing that Mr. Trump is doing in, in saying, okay, we're going we're gonna to say the Palestinians can have a homeland if we give them this little tiny slice with all sorts of uh, holes in it that separates and divides. and I mean, it's a, it's a balkanization continuing to go on in the Middle East that basically has turned everything over to whatever the quote-unquote Israeli government wants. That's a misnomer, Israeli government. They, they are one tribe of Israel, Judah. Uh, the rest of the tribes of Israel don't have a presence that they've been recognized. You know, all the others that, that were with Jacob to begin with, his sons, this this thing is a uh, it's a been- quagmire we'll never get out of. Donald Trump announces new dawn Middle East peace deal with Netanyahu. Netanyahu and Trump will make history in Washington. Trump says time for Muslim world to fix mistake of 1948 by recognizing Israel. Now, here's the deal. I don't agree that the biblical Israel is the same as the, quote, current-day government of Israel. And so I don't think we ought to pick sides between Israel and the Palestines when it comes to these two corrupt governments. I think we ought to stay the heck out of it and avoid foreign entanglements. I do understand and back the biblical principles of Israel, which is a different discussion, Scott. Well, indeed it is. But uh, And, in fact, um, everything the founders said is... You know, you could pile and pile and pile on 
what you just said with what the founders said. But but to talk about the promise to the children of Abraham that's found in the 12th chapter of, of Genesis, for example, Ishmael is Abraham's child also. And in the 21st chapter of Genesis, his and his posterity get a promise too. And they're all part of the promise. And this idea of a secular state that has been contrived since, uh, well, 100 years ago when the Balfour Decree and all those kind of things were happening. And manipulated. It has been absolutely manipulated. And the fact of the matter is that, uh, that our constitutional republic hinges on the idea that we don't get involved in these uh, foreign entanglements and we don't go to war for anybody. And, and certainly we, we, we're getting blowback on that now constantly and how we have intervened on this thing. But again, this, going back to this 1939 article, the, uh, there was a thing being shoehorned into Palestine at the behest of the Brits. And the Brits are always in the middle of everything. Trust me. I mean, these guys have uh, have taken the reins and and fostered the, this terrorism from the beginning. And, and they decided with the Balfour Decree they were going to displace the indigenous people that had been there at least 800 years. I mean, the the Crusades didn't displace them. And, and there was largely much more harmony in those old days than, than when people were stirring the pot and pushing a secular state that is socialist in nature today, and, and we are finding ourselves in the middle of a morass that, that we are never going to extricate ourselves from, and, and I think that everything we seem to do in the Middle East fosters the, uh, I mean, the powder keg that's there. We keep lighting the fuse, and sometimes somebody blows it out, but, but sooner or later the fuse is going to get so short that we're going to be in a real mess there, whether it's Iran the messes we've created, oh, we've been asked, not asked, demanded, required that we leave Iraq. I mean, parliaments voted, um, a million people in the streets saying it's time for America to go out of Iraq. But no, we're staying. I mean, Syria, I mean, we injected ourselves into a civil war there. I mean, this thing of, of going to war on behalf of... What nation do we not occupy is the question. Well, we certainly have a presence, and, and I had a, a sitting senator at the time tell me when I talked with him about what we were doing in Iraq during our unholy and unconstitutional war there, he says, son, let me tell you, that oil there is ours. And and that's the attitude and mentality. And of course, Trump has seized the... And where's the authority for that, I might ask? I might ask also, and there is no answer to that, no correct answer, but Trump has seized the Syrian oil fields. I mean, come on, people. Where do we get this empire kind of thing where we're the, the guys on the street that are going to uh, basically be the muscle for whomever we've decided we're going we're gonna to support? It's, it's wrong from the founding principles, and I know there are many that believe that if you support the state of Israel, you're supporting God's people. But that's not the way the Constitution was written. That does not follow our principles, and we've got to extricate, extricate ourselves from this mess that we've got ourselves in, because there's going to be a huge blowback. And it's clearly not the biblical intent. Kurt, last word's yours, sir. You brought up these three pieces. There's Dr. Scott Bradley's breakdown, a couple of comments from me, and you get the last word, sir. Man, I don't know what else to add, but uh, the Middle East thing sure has been a confusing mix for me for a lot of years. And that's, I think, by design, sadly. What you got to do is stick with the principles of the Constitution and stick with the biblical principles of Israel. Let's gather Israel, ladies and gentlemen, as followers of Jesus Christ. Let's stay out of the four entanglements and let's preach the Prince of Peace. 
and through that we shall have peace and success and will prepare the way for his return. God save the Republic of the United States of America.